Hey, Marshall. Hello, Elizabeth. We're back, baby! We are back, bitches. <laughs> Do you want to talk about Lost? I, yes. I'm so Because, glad. holy shit, this episode was nuts. It was nuts. And this is Jungle of Mystery, by the way. It's a podcast. It's Jungle we, of Mystery. We talk about Lost, and we're so excited. Oh my god. We're so glad to be back. The long winter, or summer... <laughs> It's <laughs> a long winter in the heat of summer, yes, correct. Yes. <laughs> well, this time we're talking about Season 2, Episode 1, Man of Science, Man of Faith. What a great title. What a great title. Did you see the title before you watched the episode? You told me the title before I watched the episode. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I sure did. Well, I hope it pumped you up appropriately because holy shit. I think it was expected, but knowing the title definitely explained it, uh, but it didn't ruin anything. Right, right. Well, this episode, which I believe I also told you, but I'll tell the audience too. It was a fucking banger. It was the most watched episode of the show. When it aired, it had 23, haha, 23.47 million views. Wow. When it initially aired. So yeah, most watched episode of the show. For a good reason. I feel like I'm going to say this when we get to season three as well, but I do really think this is the best of the season premieres. I also feel very strongly about the season three premiere, but this one, ooh, it's good. It's good. This one really, ah, man, I don't know how to put it other than it raised the stakes instantaneously. Yeah, it for sure did. Unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, I want to talk about the flashbacks first. I feel like it's wrong. Like, we should start with that super, super iconic opening scene. But I think we should talk about the flashbacks first, and then we'll get to that. Because holy shit. <laughs> um, yeah, do you want to dive right in? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, well, well, let's first say... Uh, hey, welcome back, everybody. We're we're doing it again. We said we would, and we are back. We're excited to talk about it. I cannot tell you how pumped I was watching this episode. I, I, I looked over to my wife, and I said, I missed John Locke so much. <laughs> there were, like, ten points during this episode where he just, like, breathed, and I was like, oh, yeah, Marshall's gonna love that. <laughs> I guess if we're gonna delve into the lingo of today, I would say, like, I sent for John Locke. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, um, my husband says we promise that we're not going to have a baby in between each season. That'd be good because you'd have eight babies. <laughs> we will never, ever finish this show if we take this long of a break in between every season. So maybe uh, we'll cool it on the babies. You know, it's up to you, but uh, I think that's a good advice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, there's some good. There's some good John Locke in this. There's, there's some good content from a lot of folks in this episode. Absolutely. So let's get into it. Yes, ma'am. Our flashbacks, I've been very excited for you to see these flashbacks because I, I don't know if you remember me talking about in season one, we were going to get some really good crappy wigs to show that a character is younger. <laughs> okay, so, so I, I thought there was something going on there because yes. I, I turned to my wife and I said, he looks like he's a member of my chemical romance. <laughs> But clearly he's younger, right? And that wig does such a good job of showing. Yeah, I guess. His youth. <laughs> man, oh man. I love, I love that wig. It is, oh, it's so good. It really reminds it, me of, of Dexter. Um, it is certainly a wig. It is a wig. Yes, it is, it is a, a wig. wig. Undeniably a wig. 
but we see uh so we see a woman being wheeled into the er we see jack's beautiful wig because you know he's younger and we kind of discover that this is sarah who we saw him marry in season one yep so okay i don't know anything about hospitals i guess is it kind of whack that there was a second person wheeled into his OR who just, like, died without him really from, looking at him? From my understanding... Uh, <laughs> was there not I, another surgeon available? So, I'm not a surgeon. I'm, I did not specialize in any kind of biology. Uh, I have watched quite a bit of surgery videos, and I will say that they do not wheel people into the same room because of concerns for contamination... Right. Uh, Even like in an emergency situation? Like in an ER situation? From what I have seen, it would have to be something like where there are multiple casualties. Okay, yeah. Like they would have to be overwhelmed by people. It would have to be like a significant event. Yeah. Like 9-11 or the bombing or like any school shooting, right? So they do not put people in the same room. They don't assign people to the same doctor. Yeah, that's kind of what a, I was thinking. There wouldn't be a thing where he's like in a telltale game where he has to press X or B to, <laughs> to choose, to choose which patient. the person yeah. he saves. Yeah. Yeah, it seems weird to me, especially because he is supposed to, I don't know if we've heard the name of his hospital yet, uh, so I guess I won't say it, but I think it's supposed to be a pretty big hospital that he works at. It's like St. Sebastian, right? Yeah, St. Sebastian. So yeah. it's supposed to be like a pretty big hospital. And this was a car crash that involved two cars. Two cars. So unless there was some crazy shit happening that day, I'm no. like, why is it one room with one surgeon for no, two people that... who are dying? <laughs> I I really tried to... Where's Daddy uh, Shepherd? Is he busy? <laughs> right. To suspend my disbelief. Yeah. And this was the only time it showed up where I was like, okay, this is ridiculous. There's no reason. They wouldn't have presented him with a RPG choice. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. But I, but I understand like what they're doing. They they wanted to add stakes to the choice, so like yeah. they have someone we recognize, kind of versus like no name guy, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. But also they he like chooses to save Sarah, right? And they intubate, and then he does a thoracotomy, but a thoracotomy sanguinectomy where he pulls blood out in the course of two or three minutes, and the other guy dies. In the background, they're like. Oh, time of death, dot, dot, dot. It's like, wow. <laughs> he showed up and he, he kicked the fucking bucket. Well, I mean, that, Just you like know, that. That's, that that makes sense that he would have died so quickly, especially if he couldn't really get to him. And I guess that means he made the right choice, right? He picked the person he could actually save. I mean, that's what they, that's what they're going for. But yeah. uh, if they, if they're doing triage properly, he would have had much more time than that. Yeah. Um, because if they're going to take the time to prep him and bring him into the OR, or the ER, he's going to have a chance of some sort. Like, yeah. normally, if there's a multi-car crash, they triage, right? And so, if someone is at the point where they are not, they can't be saved, they get the black band. But, unless there were some extenuating circumstances, there's no reason to believe that this guy would have died within, like, 90 seconds of being brought in there. Right, Because okay. they, they pump them full of painkillers, and they pump them full of... I can't remember what the name is, but it keeps your blood pumping through your heart, even if your brain is not there. Mm-hmm. So you can be you can be kept alive through a lot of stuff to give them plenty of time to decide. So the fact that they said, "Hey, oh, he's dead now," that was you know 
it worked for dramatic effect. Dramatic effect. <laughs> yeah. But um, again, did, did you catch the name of the other patient? No. The name of the other patient was Adam Rutherford, which hmm. I don't think means anything to you, but will eventually. <laughs> okay. So, not super important, but it is a tiny connection that we will come back to uh, in a future episode. Well, at this point, the names he experiences in his regular life matter later. <laughs> they which sure we'll get do. To. <laughs> they sure do. So Sarah wheezes out, I want to dance at my wedding. Yeah. Which feels really weird, but then we learn that she's engaged. So it's like, okay, fine. I guess that's what she's thinking about at the time. She's Especially engaged she, to a piece of shit. To a piece of shit. Yeah. I, I thought that was kind of a silly, you know, like I'm dying right now, but this is what I'm thinking about. But she was on her way to do wedding stuff. She's engaged. Yeah. Makes sense. And obviously she's in shock, so... So then we see, we later see Jack telling her that her back is broken and that, you know, she's probably never going to have feeling again or be able to move. And then Daddy Shepard is like, Jack, you got to lie to her, man. No. <laughs> Jack, uh, or, or Christian says he needs to hand out some hope every once in a while. I actually kind of agree with him. Yes, this was, not, this was not bad advice on Daddy Shepard's part. And we see Jack doing this in the episode on the island as well, right? Handing out hope. Yeah, like I, I've I've gone under three times, and they were like, "We'll see you in a bit." You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And there's always a chance that you could die under anesthesia. Yeah. But they were like, "Hey, we'll see you in a bit." Yeah. And then, hey, they saw me in a bit, right? Right. So no, yeah. No, no big deal. But I mean, it is a little bit different if you know. No, it's super different if your back is crushed. If the chances of success are as slim as they are, but I still think it wasn't uh, an example of Christian being a piece of shit. It was actually, it's, you know, it's better than like, all right. We're going to go into surgery. You're probably going to die. <laughs> but maybe if it works, we'll see you on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Jack says it's false hope. I guess we'll get to it when we're talking about on the island. But if you have any thoughts about him giving out hope to people on the island, if we think maybe well, that's false he, hope as well. He seems reluctant in both places. But, yeah. again, it doesn't seem like there's much of a barrier besides somebody saying something to the contrary. So he's like, oh, uh, we're not sure. And someone's like, oh, you should make them feel better. He's like, oh, everything's going to be okay. Yeah. So it's, the <laughs> yeah. stakes are not very high when it comes to Jack saying one way or the other. Right, yeah. So Jack meets the fiancé. They're getting married in eight months. One of our numbers. He wants to know if she'll be able to uh, make love. And also, will she be able to go to the bathroom by herself? Cool guy. Don't ever see him again. Good. <laughs> He's a real winner. So, <laughs> Jack, immediately after having that conversation, I guess, you know, is, is prepping her for her operation or whatever. And she tells him it's okay that she's not going to be able to dance at her wedding. You know, she's she's accepted it. It's fine. Just make my pussy feel again. And, <laughs> nope. <laughs> and he no, absolutely not. Very intensely says, "I'm gonna fix you." I'm gonna fix you. And I love the look on everyone else's face in the OR, like, uh. <laughs> and like I said, I I would like to think if I was in this situation, I'd be asleep by that point. I would not want to be in that position looking over being like, are you going to do it good? And the doctor's <laughs> like, oh, I'm going to do it good. You know, I don't I don't want to be there. I want to be out. <laughs> I want to be out and they flip me over and put me ass up like I'm ready to play. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't want to be awake for that. Yeah. Like I, I had I had operation. I uh, Listen, I, I had not 
had nearly the amount of intense operations that you've had, but I had an operation on my ankle, and they rolled me into the op room, they looked at me, and they said, how are you feeling? I said, I'm doing okay. And they said, how high can you count? I said, one, two. And I woke up, and I had to play on my ankle. So I would like to think they would do a better job of putting you under for something like that. Well, I don't know. I feel like with the operation she had to have done, however many hours long that operation is going to be, they probably want to knock you out, have that be the last step so that you're under anesthesia for like, you know, minimum amount of time, right? I would think though, if you're going to be under anesthesia for 12 to 16 hours, it doesn't matter at that point. Either you're coming back or you're coming, you're not coming back. Yeah, I guess. Well, anyway. He had to be able to tell her he's going to fix her. I'm going to fix you. Our next flashback is we see them in the arena, right? Or in the stadium. Jack is running the stadium stairs. Yep. And he meets. And there's a guy. He meets a guy. There's a guy who's running next to him. He meets the best guy. Oh, man. The okay, best guy. so when I saw this happen, I paused it. And I, I covered my face because, again, we had this right. bullshit where You didn't want to see the name. Yeah. Puts up the names. And I was like, hey. This guy is the guy at the beginning. No way, you did? Yes, I did. I said, this guy was the guy listening to the, you sing your own song. <laughs> and I can't, I can't do my own rich into that because it sounds like fucking garbage. And he's on the exercise bike. He's looking out yeah. the window and yeah. it's got the, it's got the morning and he's making toast or whatever the fuck. <laughs> I was like, that's the guy. He's running up the thing next to Jack. Uh-huh. That's the guy. It's okay. the same guy. Good and job. hey, gu- hey, guess what? Spoiler alert. It's, it's the, the same, same guy. guy. <laughs> I got that right. And Good job. Let me tell you how excited I was at the <laughs> end when I got that right. <laughs> oh, man. I was so fucking pumped. I was like, it's the guy with the dumb accent. Not, not dumb. It's not really that dumb. But uh, he was like, oh, brother, brother, you're running up the stairs, brother. <laughs> Yeah, you you're tripping up the stairs, brother. Is he Australian? Your ankle hurts, brother. Yeah, he's something. He's Scottish. Lift, lift, you lift your ankle up. It's gonna hurt, brother. Scottish. Now I'm getting to New York. <laughs> oh, no, it's gonna hurt, brother. You gotta lift your ankle up. Anyways, it was Holy the guy. shit. Yes, I'm glad you're excited that you were right. I was excited because I got something. Normally, and you know this, and any of our listeners can can roll back through the footage, I get stuff wrong constantly. I don't know who anybody is from or where anybody knows. I will tell you. But I got this, this guy. Pretty much always what it feels like when you're actually right about something on Lost. I, I was excited. You're going to feel this wife. adrenaline every time. I looked at my wife and I was like, I fucking knew it. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, oh, oh, good job. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, my God. Anyway, whoo, shit. So, yeah, Desmond. 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 He tells Jack he's got to lift it up. Gotta lift it up. God, he's the best. Oh, it's like JFK. Gotta lift it up. (laughs) So, um, whoo. So, Jack, you know, is all down in the dumps because he didn't fix Sarah. And Desmond's like... He had like, to run up some fucking stairs. Yeah, he's got to run it off. And Desmond's like, well, how do you know you didn't fix her, right? And tells him he's got to lift it up. Jesus Christ. <laughs> His ankle. Yeah, I got to lift it up, Jack. And then he says, I'll see you in another life. Yeah. 
that was the point where it sealed it for me. He said, I'll see you in another live. Yep. And I was like, it's the fucking guy. <laughs> well, how about we zoom on over to, um, nope, just kidding, because there's still one more flashback. Um, <laughs> we see, he's back with Sarah. That's going to be in my JFK accent. <laughs> you found him, Jack. Please stop. We need to get back on track <laughs> Okay. I do it not because it is easy, because it makes me hard. Stop! What is happening? <laughs> okay, Lost. We're talking about Lost. We are in the room with Sarah, and we have this super healthy foundation for our relationship here, where they both discover that Jack did fix her, and she can move her legs and wiggle her toes, and she can feel, and also her fiancé is gone because he's a piece of shit. So yeah, it's a perfectly sound and reasonable and healthy foundation for marriage. Boy. <laughs> so yeah, there we go. We see them. Uh, I mean, it is a very sweet I mean, it's scene. nice, but like, it feels like it crosses a line. It absolutely crosses the line. I mean, pretend that we don't know they're going to get married. It's very much showing, <laughs> like reminding us that he gets too invested, right? Like... Yep. That the very emotional response that he's having, which I'm sure, you know, doctors are people too. Like it would be emotional, but it just feels so much like he's experiencing it with her, right? And he's so in it with her in that moment that it's like, okay, you are her doctor. <laughs> you are not yeah, her like lover. Her fiance yet. was like, is her vagina going to work? And he's like, I don't know. Is her vagina, is her vagina going to work? He's like, oh no, I fixed it. Her vagina is going to work oh my now. God. Marshall. So I'm excited. No, I mean, it's what it felt like. Yeah, okay. It. I mean, I, I would she, say... She's wiggling her toes, so he's like, well, everything up above there is going to be great. I don't think that's where his mind is going, Marshall. I think it's more of an emotional scene than it is a sexual scene. In I can't feel that because I'm looking at his dumb fucking hair. <laughs> That's all. I, honestly, I don't, I, don't know, I don't know what else to tell you other than... I was... He was like... Can you feel anything? She's like, I can wiggle my toes. He's like, oh, good. <laughs> Jackpot. Jesus Christ. I'm sorry. Once again, we watch the same scene and come away with very, very, very different, very different impressions of the same scene. <laughs> I don't have a very high opinion of Jack. I'm sorry. Well, okay. We're going to give him a little bit of credit and assume that he's not thinking about having sex with Sarah. He's just overwhelmed that the thing that he thought didn't work actually did work. And it was a miracle, right? He told Desmond it would have to take a miracle. Right. And but even if it was just, he could be excited about that. Oh my god. Okay. Clearly we need to move on. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. On the island. On the island. We start with the most fucking iconic scene in the show. I love it. We see Desmond, or, you know, random man whom we don't know. Right. Um, and he's going through this routine. He's, you know, doing his exercise bike. He's putting the record on the record player. And I asked you if you had seen the show Westworld. Right. So for anyone listening who has seen the show Westworld, hit us up if, you, if this uh, reminds you, or I guess opposite if there's an episode in westworld that reminds you of this scene because there is an episode in season two that directly references this scene and i don't really want to say too much about it because it actually kind of might give away too much when about did, lost when did that come out oh god uh i don't know but i mean long after this no no no, no. I, I mean i understand that what i'm asking is did it come out after fallout 4 <laughs> 
I don't know. Okay. Why? So, because the way you described it reminds me very distinctly of a scene from Fallout 4, which plays heavily into uh, synthetics and uh, artificial intelligence, where you see somebody going through their daily life with a background that is simulated. And then you you see the above ground version, which is under the cloud of nuclear war. So obviously this isn't under the cloud of nuclear war, but you see a guy doing his exercise bike and he's listening to a a record and he's making, you know, eggs and toast or whatever. But then when you, when it pans up to look at Locke and Jack, it's nighttime. So there's a very big distinction between what is happening down below and what is happening above. Yeah. Okay. I I don't know anything about Fallout. Uh, do you think that that was referencing Lost? I think Fallout was referencing Lost. Okay, right. yeah. I mean, this this is, like, considered to be one of the most, like, iconic scenes of the show. I, I don't know yeah, personally sure. of any other examples that, that reference it so directly. I mean, Westworld has some of the same creators as Lost, so I know that that one was intentional. It was, like, a callback to it. But, I mean, I'm sure that other... Especially things, like, in the same vein as Fallout and, like, sci-fi. Yeah, I think um, I think the point is it's not that Westworld is referencing something in the past. It's that Fallout was referencing Lost. So, the, the concept that someone living underground is experiencing a different reality than somebody above ground. Okay, yeah. That's what it felt like to me. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so what <laughs> What do you think about what we saw? I mean, this man is living in this hatch, you know. He's living in this hatch in a very nice setup. In a very nice setup, in a very outdated setup, right? Everything is like from the 60s and 70s. So it reminds me, uh, so he feels the explosion and he goes to grab weapons from like a safe. Yeah. First thing he grabs is a Tokarev, which is a 7.62 short version, which is a common Soviet cartridge, which they use now, which is uh, analogous to 7.62 by 5.1. So 7.62 by 5.1 is nano 308, and 7.62 by 5.4 R is 308 Russian, and 7.62 by 20 is Tokarev. So that's a short cartridge version of the 7.62. He grabs a Tokarev pistol uh, and loads it with a magazine that kind of matches a Tokarev pistol. Then he grabs a Avtomat Kalashnikov pattern rifle. He loads it with a short magazine, probably 20 rounds. I would say it's probably an SKS variant. And that's when he posts up in the hallway where he's looking at all the mirrors. Yeah. As I was following that kind of interaction, it was interesting to see what they chose to use for his his weapons. Uh, even though he was buried underground for a long time, he had access to all these. Uh, so are the so I I understood like none of the words that you said. Um, are those like new? No. Okay. No, but they are still widely used because they're a very effective standard. Okay. So like I can still go to I can go to any kind of gun store in the U.S. and buy 762 by 54 r because it's it's a very widely used cartridge. Okay, but they, did it seem out of place? Did it seem out of place in the hatch that, like, everything else seemed like it was from the 70s? Like, those guns? Not at did, all. That didn't seemed, seem out, okay, that okay. You, you could have gone back to the late 40s. Okay. Uh, it would have been in place. It was, it was nice. Like, I, 
I watched that and I felt, oh man, it was very satisfying to see them grab like old Soviet tech. I have like a weird obsession with old pre-fall of the Berlin Wall Soviet tech. It's very interesting. What else stood out in this sequence? Did you notice that he injected himself with something? So he used a big, kind of an old style injector. I think typically that was more used for opiate derivatives, but I, I'm not sure what he used it for in this context. I didn't get a chance to read the label. Yeah, I don't know if you're supposed to be able to read the label. Right, but it, it looked like it was diluted in a in a larger solution. So oh, okay. like you had you had the cartridge and then you had a larger solution, like a saline solution that it would dissolve in so you wouldn't get like a full shot of whatever he's going for. Yeah. Right. You don't you don't want like it's like, you know, if you had a, a cartridge full of fentanyl. You don't want a whole shot right. of fentanyl. You want to meter it. So yeah, he's he injects himself with something. What else do we see in the sequence? Did you see what he typed into the computer? I think it, it shows from an elevated position what he types. It never shows it in the, like, DOS interface that he's typing it into. Right. You are right. We don't see what he types into the computer. We just hear him typing something, and then we see him hit the button that says execute, right? Yep. Okay. All right. Well, that'll come back around. It'll come back around. Yeah, so a bunch of weird shit that he does in this in this sequence. Makes a big old protein shake with some uh, cherries and I think like mandarin oranges. So yeah, that's what was in the hatch the whole time. <laughs> well, that that is what we see so far. So you think there's more? Yeah. So at the end of last season, you said you thought it was like a tunnel system? Yes. Do you think maybe there are other little setups like this? Like maybe tunnels that connect a bunch of other little living pods <laughs> like what desmond is in yes so i have to like view this in the context that i know from just looking into like all this weird alternate not really alternate history but like history people don't look into but like so on on islands that we've built missile installations or bunkers or whatever and we being the u.s we do not take the time to build these kind of things unless you can link them so okay. it's never just one right. thing. Right. It's never just one silo or one bunker. Like if you look up Heart Island, New York City, Heart Island, City Center, that kind of thing. So all those islands off of the coast of New York City, they were used in the 50s for missile silos until they had a very close call with a nuclear launch. And all those things were connected. So I feel like in kind of the spirit of that connection, I would say this is not the only thing that is here. Okay. Even if it's not connected to something else on this physical island. Okay. Okay. So it's connected it's connected to something else, like teleportation or a wormhole or Okay. Uh quantum entanglement, something like that. Do you think that could have something to do with why it seems like it's stuck in the seventies? <laughs> like why why uh this hatch is filled with outdated technology and yeah, I think that's possible. I buy that where it's uh, it was built back during the Cold War okay. and it's stuck there now. Yeah. The alternate possibility is that it was it was built during the Cold War and explored during the Cold War, and then maybe the fabric or the interaction with the island froze it in that time period. Okay. 
whereas time outside of it passes, but time inside of it is kind of like a repeat. Have you ever seen The Endless? Yeah. So you know the concept of that. Yeah, go ahead and explain it for the audience. Essentially, you willingly enter inside of a place that has a reciprocating timeline, mm-hmm. and you choose to stay as a part of it. Mm-hmm. So it, it can be established via human um, intention or something outside of our, our will, right? Will to power. A good example that Ricky provided is like the Desert Town and the Adventure Zone podcast. Right, yeah. Like a time loop. It's like a time loop. And you are stuck in it over and over again, but the loops have different values. So you can get stuck in a time loop like the guy that has to kill himself every three hours. Yeah, yeah. Or you can get stuck in a time loop that lasts 25 years. Yeah, okay. So do you think that he is stuck in a time loop? I think it's possible. Okay. Lots of possibilities. Lots of possibilities. Yeah, so we we need to keep in mind the injection, uh, the fact that it said quarantine on the inside of the hatch door. Do we know what it said on the injection? No, we don't. And I don't think we're meant to. Or if we did, then I, I don't know. It makes me wonder if it's like a... It could be either a sedative or an upper. Possibly. Or it could be... Essentially a vaccine. We've heard people talk about right. sickness on the island, right? And the quarantine. Right. Yeah, there's the quarantine. So maybe something along those lines. Um, preventing the sickness that Rousseau talked about. Normally a vaccine, you don't have to administer it every day, right? Well, we don't know. We, I mean, we don't know what this sickness is, right? We don't know anything about Correct, it. Correct, but our fundamental understanding of a vaccine does not indicate that it needs to be administered daily. Do we know that he's administering it daily? No, we don't. We'll, we'll find out. <laughs> but it, it's indicated as if it's part of his daily you're, you're routine. Right, you're right, you're right, you're like, right. Yeah, like, it, like I that's get part up, of his morning routine. I take a piss, I put a clean pair of pants on, <laughs> I and take then my I shot. shoot up. <laughs> right, you're right. Exactly. <laughs> Bottom line, we see all this weird shit that seems to be Desmond's daily routine, uh, and then he's interrupted by the hatch blowing open, and we get our really cool little mirror system where he's looking up and I like the looks on Locke and Jack's faces because Locke looks fucking manic and Jack, you can tell, is like, well, this isn't going to work, right? Like Jack automatically looks kind of disappointed and Locke is like, yes! (laughs) Locke is excited, which mirrors my feeling excitement. So yeah, we get that brief look at them and then... We pan over to Hurley, poor Hurley, uh, and he's just chanting the numbers over and over again. Kate asks if he's okay, and he's like, yeah, I'm awesome. I just uh, have to pee. <laughs> yeah. So Jack is is just immediately ready to just move on. Like, okay, clearly this didn't work. We need to get back to everybody and find out another plan. And Jack just straight up sasses Locke. He says, if you want to go exploring in the morning, that's fine. But we're done tonight. Let's pack it up. We're done tonight. Like, who are you? We opened a hole in the ground with explosives. But supposedly the whole point was to figure out how to protect everybody. Because remember, there's still an imminent threat, right? Right. But uh, if you look at... So I looked up... (laughs) I looked up the CDC guidelines for being in proximity to explosions. Okay. (laughs) And they were all within 100 feet. Right. So in theory, they would all be stunned for several minutes. But that's not really the important part. The important part to me 
is the fact that it would have spread, like they talk about later, they found a hatch half a mile away. Everyone would have heard that very distinctly. Yeah. So the the survivability at that close is not really important, but the details of who would have heard it, I feel like is more important and everyone would have heard it clear as day. That's fair. So they're ready they're ready to go and find out, hey, what's in the ground? Lock uh opened a hatch. Oh, is that the thing we heard? Right, but People, I mean, they don't really have time to be curious right now because they need to be protecting themselves from the others who are coming for them, right? So that's where Jack is coming from. It's like, okay, we did this so that we could keep people safe. This isn't going to work to keep people safe, so I need to get back and figure out what we're going to do. And Locke is like, yeah, but it's cool, though, so let's go in it. Right, but then but then Jack shows up back at the caves, and what alternative does he offer? Well, right, I mean, he has, he has no plan. But Let's hang out. Let's uh, wait for death. Isn't that it sounds great. better, though, that he went back to them to at least, like, be with them instead of just not showing up again <laughs> and, like, exploring this hole that's not going to help anybody? Uh, I think it would have been better if he had given them, like, a full breakdown. I mean, he gave them he gave them all that there was to know, in his opinion. Except, except that the hole goes down to something else. He did not communicate that. Well, but they don't know what, though. I mean, to looking at the way that they're looking into it, it just looks like a big-ass hole. Like, yeah, there's a ladder, but they can't really see from their vantage point that it actually has more to it. All right. Jack's just sure, like, this is a big hole like, in the ground. It's not just a big hole in the ground, though. It's a literal, rectangular, steel passageway into the ground. Yeah. That's very... Di- I've seen a lot of holes in the ground. Yeah, that's I've true. I've never that's seen true. a giant hole in the ground that has a broken ladder. But from the perspective of a man who, like, like it or not, is the leader of this group, all that he cares about is what can I do to keep them safe tonight? So all that he sees is this isn't going to work. It doesn't matter what it is, what it leads to. None of that matters because it's not going to help us tonight. Period. Right? Like, tomorrow, if we're still alive, okay, then we can think about what that might be. But it's not going to help tonight, so I need to leave right now and get back to the people and try to figure something else out. Sure. There's just, there's a little bit more. I feel like it's short-sighted. I mean, for the, you know, uh, who's to say he wouldn't have woken up the next morning and been like, okay, let's go in that thing, right? But like, when you're literally just trying to survive the night, you you don't have time to think about anything else. Right, but but he... he, Yeah. (laughs) I I, I can only speak from... My personal desire, I would want to to swan dive into that hole. So, <laughs> well, you're more like Locke then. <laughs> oh yeah, yes, ma'am, I am. Uh, we see, so we see Shannon looking for the damn dog because you can't do anything fucking else. Listen, okay, I it, I like I her. I cannot this believe this season started out with her fucking up the one thing she had to do but it really kind it. of okay but also how many times throughout season one did walt lose the dog right like no one can keep the fucking dog walt is place. 10 but still walt is 10 what do you mean walt is 10 she's a fucking adult i guess what i meant is the dog belonged to walt and was like more bonded with him and yet still you know would run off all the time and everything so someone who's been in charge of it for like a couple days she had one fucking job (laughs) she had nothing else to do other than cry over her dead brother 
And she could have looked up in between the tears to Man, see if the dog was still there. Marshall has some harsh opinions. <laughs> I don't like. And you know what my favorite part of that was? Was my wife looked looked at her and said, Sharon's at it again. Sharon. And I was like, oh, you mean, you mean, you mean Shannon, but also Karen. And that really kind of stealed it for me. Oh my God. Anyway. I appreciated this next scene because it's something that we argued about last season. Hurley confronts Locke about the fact that he lit the fuse. And Locke was like, yeah, why wouldn't I? And Hurley says, uh, maybe because I was running towards you, waving my arms, yelling, don't do that. Yep. And Locke was just like, oh, you got a point, buddy. God, what an asshole. Like, <laughs> uh, I love that. <laughs> oh, man. I love it. And, you know, it's like, yeah, you know what? I saw it, but I gotta do it. Oh, my God. I hate it so much. And Locke is just like, oh, you know, whatever. He says, that's why we came here. Here's my question. Did you did you hate it the first time you watched the show? Or do you hate it now that you've seen the show eight times? I probably didn't hate it the first time. Okay. The first time I was pretty much riding For the lock? lock train. Yeah, buddy. Lock train. I mean, it's not that I couldn't see that he sucked. I was just like, uh, I guess where you are. Suck. I, I was, I was more where you are. I was, I was just like so on board for it. Where he's like the best character, and he he knows what's going on. He, he heads in the correct direction. Correct. <laughs> That's okay. funny that you say that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. So Jack, you know, Jack and Hurley are having none of his shit. Um, he's like, well, that's why we came here. And Jack says, to save everyone's lives, yeah? Or maybe it was just our destiny, right? And I'm like, damn, he, mm. someone has lost patience with John Locke. But the way Locke looks at him, he knows. Does he know? Yeah, he does. Mm-hmm. He knows everything that's going on. No, I'm not saying he knows everything. He knows what's important at that exact moment. That's wild. Right, like I'm not, I'm not saying that uh Locke is omnipotent. I don't I don't think that at all. Right, right. What I think is that Locke has the kind of guidance you would get if you are following that kind of thinking. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. It's just like minute to minute, thought to thought, he almost got swallowed by the black smoke, and he's in this situation and he found a way that makes sense to him. So he is supporting it 100%. Yeah. And that is why it makes sense to Locke. And I appreciate that. Yeah, that's I'm not saying he's right. I'm not saying he's righteous. But I get it. Yeah. And I like it. Back at the camp, we have Charlie pretty much telling everybody the others don't even exist. You know, Russo just made it all up. They're not coming. There's no other people. Like, everybody just chill out. She's way not loose. Saeed still seems nervous, you know, even though he saw the same thing that Charlie saw last season with Rousseau. Because he knows. I think he still believes her. Yeah, he he's heard the whispers, and I think no, that he he's, knows. Yeah. He, he believes that they are actually coming, just like she said. Well, it's, again, it's, we talked about this a lot last season, but it's the perception equals reality. He felt it. He yeah. He heard it. He yeah. experienced it. And that is real enough for him. Yeah. And in this world, that makes it real for everybody else. Yeah, exactly. At least I, in my, in yeah. what I think. Yeah. So Shannon is wanting to go after Vincent, and he doesn't want her to. But she has to, because... To her to credit, she's not going to leave the dog. She's going to go after him. Because her brother's dead, she's got nothing else to do. Oh my god, Marshall. <laughs> Sometimes people do actually care about things. <laughs> She, you know, she tells Saeed she's going, so he's going to help her. And she ends up alone. That's so good. And what does she see? She sees 
essentially a drowned Walt. A drowned Walt. And what is he doing? He's speaking backwards. He's, yes, but he's doing the whispers. Right, right. Like the others. The whispering. Correct, correct. So, what the fuck? (laughs) So, so, okay. So, I will pose this question now and we can maybe answer it later. Okay. Are the whispers the, I guess, the remnants of people before? Or was this... I don't want to say wet Walt. (laughs) Drowned Walt was drowned Walt. Walt. A I don't want to say wet Walt. Uh, (laughs) Well, you just said it twice. I I know. I'm trying to work through it, Elizabeth. (laughs) Uh, Was drowned Walt a? I mean, obviously it's an omen, but is it just an embodiment of what's happening on the island? Is it a like a tulpa? Like we talked about tulpas before. Yeah. Um, is it just her projection of her guilt, right? So she right. had Walt's dog. She right. lost it. She's trying to find Walt's dog. Yeah. She feels this intense guilt. And when she ends up and she's like trying to pass through the Chapel Perilous, she sees drowned Walt mm-hmm. as a tulpa. Right. Well, I certainly can't answer that, but those are some very interesting. Right. But do you, do you uh, all right. Do you understand what I'm... Yes, Am I, I just yeah. talking shit, or do you get what I'm trying no, to No, I absolutely get what you're saying. Okay. Um, I think I'm, both... I'm trying to make sure I'm not just being no. a total moron. I think uh, everything you just said is a very likely possibility. Both of your theories are definitely worth exploring. I can't tell you. Can't tell it's you fine. anything else. <laughs> but yes, you, you are... You're not thinking crazy thoughts. But like, when we saw a drowned wall... Yeah. It was a because in the previously on Lost, they did not address that the happening of that part. Like they didn't talk about the fact that they got found by another boat, right? So when when Drowned Walt showed up, uh, it was kind of out of blue, yeah. In terms of just having started the this second season, this season, yeah. And he was speaking backwards, but I don't know what he was saying. Speaking right. backwards, right? But it was very disturbing. It was very disturbing. Yes, <laughs> it was very disturbing. I was like, "Oh my god, no, Walt, please, God, <laughs> save the boy!" <laughs> oh man, um, Saeed does not see it, so nope. there's that. So only well, Shannon he sees shows it. up like two seconds later. Yeah, so it's possible that whatever it is disappeared, or that only Shannon could see it. Hmm. So the big oh boy. We can get to a little philosophical bit here. Okay, go for it. The thought that what people experience as being paranormal is their own interpretation of something that we can't quantify. So it's the same reason that Bigfoot and UFOs and Mothman and all that stuff kind of show up in the same area. Is because it's a unified theory of the paranormal where all this stuff shows up and they don't have a way to justify it in their head, except for these pre-established stereotypes, essentially. Mm-hmm. So it's the, same, it's the reason like Bigfoot shows up. It's like a thought experiment. Yeah, okay. Back to... Oh, ooh, ooh. I liked what Locke says in this next scene, and I knew you would as well. Locke and Kate are talking about, you know, why Jack doesn't want to go down the hole or whatever and why, uh, why they do. And Locke is like trying to make her see, like, isn't it obvious, you know, why we have to do this? And he starts talking about the smoke monster, right? He's like, I was just pulled into this hole by a column of smoke. And he says, did you see it? Did you see it too? And then he says, I wonder what Jack thinks he saw. 
I wonder what because everyone experienced it, but they but they experienced it from their own perspective. Maybe Jack, sort of like how, assuming he did also see the column of black smoke, just like they all did. He also saw his dead father in season one and yep. chased him through the jungle and then kind of moved on from it pretty quickly. Um, yep, he sure did. So is he just blocking all of this out? Like, none of this matters, right? We just got to survive. None of this matters. None of this matters. He's probably just constantly telling himself the only thing that matters is surviving and none of this matters. <laughs> so well, not to be, not to be trite, but like man of science, man of faith. Right. I think the question is who is the man of which? So the things that Jack has seen, I think if you approach it from a purely scientific standpoint, you can, I, I can understand what his perspective is where this cannot be real. So we have to work backwards. From yeah. There. Yeah. And then if you approach, it can't uh, be real. So it's not faith. Real. Right. Well, it, it can't be real. So what is real? Yeah. And the further we get into this series, the less real everything gets. Yeah. Whereas if you flip it to Man of Faith, Locke, everything becomes, at, at a face value, easier to explain until you try to connect everything. Yeah. Which is why Locke needs to go down this hole right now, and Jack so easily dismisses it. You know, I, I would have thought... I would have called myself a man of science, but I am 100% with Locke. Yeah. <laughs> go down this goddamn hole. Like, what else am I going to do? I got nothing else to do. Okay, but you keep forgetting, like, specifically right now, they do have something more important to do. <laughs> what the others showing up, but they don't have any concrete example of that other than the whispers, right? Yeah, yeah, I guess. And I mean, Locke doesn't care about anybody else. Right. So he specifically, I guess, has nothing better to do because he doesn't care about protecting anyone else. Life does not matter to him. So I guess he can fuck around in the hole and Jack can worry about saving lives. <laughs> so do you think, do you actually think that life doesn't matter to him? Or do you think that the discovery of what's happening runs parallel to the protection of life? No, I, I don't think that he, I think that he has no regard for the well-being or the survival or the livelihood of anyone else on that island except for him and his personal journey. That that is what yeah. I think. Well, that's fair. Uh I guess I'm <laughs> in that camp. <laughs> oh no. Um Oh man. But you know, we'll we'll explore that I more. I want to go we... down the hole. I want to go down the hole. <laughs> I want to go down the hole. I also would like I'm I guess I'm a mixture of both because I would also have the overwhelming desire to see what was down there. I gotta go down the hole. But also, what else am I gonna do? I would care more about making sure everybody lives through the night first, and then once everyone is safe for the time being, I'd be like, okay, what is this over here? <laughs> we have the next scene. Um, Hurley opens up to Jack about his whole situation, and Jack's reaction is to say, you were in a psych ward? Because he's yeah, kind of a piece of shit. Was... I did not enjoy that. Again, you know, we've seen Hurley open up to Charlie, and now Jack, and, you know, no one's, no one's taking him seriously, and it's very upsetting, and I love Hurley so much. He says, what's that thing where doctors make you feel better just by talking to you? And Jack says, yeah. bedside manner. And he says, yeah, you're Yours sucks. sucks. <laughs> 
Shannon tells everybody that she heard the whispers and that she saw Walt and like panic ensues and everyone's like, wait, what? You saw Walt? Uh, you know, is the raft, something happened to the raft? And now everyone is fighting over whether or not the others are actually coming, right? Because now Shannon has seemingly confer- confirmed that the others are coming and Charlie's over there telling everybody like, no, 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 shut up. No, you know, no one's coming. So there's chaos. Everyone's fighting amongst themselves. And then Jack shows up. And, you know, he tells them about the hatch, but that they're not going to be able to use it. So they need to move on and find something else. And he promises everybody that they're going to be safe as long as they stay together. And did you kind of think he was going to say live together, die alone? <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for it, but he didn't. The person that said it was uh, Kate, right? Yeah, Kate. Live together, die alone, right? Yeah. Um. So I wanted to revisit this uh, from earlier. In the flashbacks, he's told by Daddy Shepard to give out some hope. And he says, well, if I were giving out hope, it would be false hope. Right. So coming back to this moment, do you think that he believes what he's saying? Or do you think that he's giving out false hope? Uh, I still think it's like a mix of both. I think you can fool yourself into thinking a certain amount of whatever you're saying. And the rest of it is just production. He's certainly getting better at, you know. (laughs) I was going to say making people feel better. (laughs) Uh, well, but yeah, lying. Yeah. yeah, lying. Six and one half doesn't the other. Um, and then to completely undermine everything that he's saying, Locke shows up to get some cable to go down in the hatch. Yep. And I, it just sticks out like a sore thumb, right? You see everybody watching him, like, well, wait a second, you know, Jack said we gotta stay here. Yeah, so I kind of I, I like conflicting information. I like whenever they like publicly undermine each other <laughs> and like yeah. humiliate each other. Because they do it a lot. And Usually then, it's Locke uh, doing it to Jack. Kate signs up. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, yeah, we see Kate telling Jack that she's going to go. She thinks it's a good idea for him to stay and, like, be a leader and whatever. But she's going to go make sure that Locke is safe. Because live together, die alone. And then... I don't blame her, though. I would do the same thing. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta know. Yeah. And then she shows up and says she was expecting him to, you know, already have gone down. And then he says, I was waiting for you. But then, oh, it's because he's a huge asshole, and it's because he wants to send her down the hole instead of him. Okay. I that... hate John Locke. Okay. But, okay. No, it's because he wants to know what's down there. No, he does, but... But do but he really doesn't want to do his own it... dirty work. No, okay. I, I I agree to that, but do you think he really was, like, waiting for someone to show up? Or did he have prior knowledge? No, he Like, was... he had... He had the... He had, like, he had the, uh... uh prescience... No. Like from Dune. No. Absolutely not. He's very good at reading people. Oh no. Stop. He's very good at reading people. He knew that Kate would show up because of who she is. And he wants her to do it instead because what if there's something dangerous down there? He is the fucking chosen one. This journey is for him so he can't risk his own life. He's got to make sure that he's safe at the end of it. So I want to know what's down there, but I'm going to send someone else down first so that I don't get hurt. I hate John Locke. <laughs> well, if you look at it that way, so the way I looked at it was he knew that Kate would show up and go first so that he could then be safe and follow up afterwards. But if you look at it that way, then yeah, sure. He he was like, hey, I gotta, I gotta find some kind of tool to go first. Exactly. And it's fucking Boone all over again. I get, I get it, though. You know, I get it. <laughs> um... Oh, wait, no. Uh, I mean, I don't understand. Oh, oh. man. Uh, no, I, 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 I do get Remind it. me to uh, never end up on an island with you. <laughs> <laughs> like you have a choice. 
No, no, that uh, through that entire thing, like at, especially at the very end where she was like, "Stop!" Like she yelled, and he kept just like dropping her down. It was like, "Oh, okay." He he knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah. I get it. I get it. He 100%. he needs to know what is in that hatch, but there's yeah, no but he's way. Have somebody go first. There's no way in hell. Yeah, there's no way in hell he's gonna risk his own life. What? Why would I do that? There's other right, people like, here to do that for like me. If you're at like a, a corporate lunch and there's a buffet, you gotta get somebody to go first so <laughs> you don't feel bad being the first one to get food. Except that it's life and death. So I get what he's doing. I like that he's doing it because it fits him. It Yeah, it does. Yeah, for sure. Because he's a shit person. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I feel like it's yeah, a little column A, a little column B. Because of the, the palette you're coloring them with. You know what I mean? <laughs> um... So anyway, yeah, he lowers her down. Does her harness break, or does she just get released by the light? Right, because the light is the last thing he sees before he goes down. I mean, we don't know. I, I think that it's supposed to suggest that she's, like, like Desmond grabs her and pulls her down. Yeah. Yeah, because it doesn't go slack. It gets all of a sudden really quickly pulled down. So he doesn't break her harness. He just, you know, he pulls her in. Yeah. So yeah, anyway, you know, Locke just lets it all happen. <laughs> he keeps lowering her down, even though she's scared and blah, blah, blah. She gets pulled in uh, and the light turns on. And then, of course, Jack has to go, too, because his girlfriend's there. Disregarding the fact that he five minutes ago cared about protecting everybody else, he's got to go after his girlfriend. He realizes that they're both down there, so he goes down after them. There's a lot to unpack as he walks along this tunnel. Did you see the mural on the wall that he looks at briefly? Yes, but I don't know what to make of it. Okay, I didn't know if you, like, paused it to look closer or anything. I didn't. So, a couple things I'll point out that are on it. Most of what's on it I can't talk about. Okay. I actually found... I'm interested to know, actually, audience. Personally, I watched this show in high school, and I found this old document that I had where I had, like, all my theories written out, and I had a whole fucking section on this mural that I kept revisiting. So I looked it up last night, which is making myself laugh, but... If anyone else has any theories on the mural, I would love it if you would hit us up on social media and share them with me. I will say it it struck me as a cautionary tale slash creation myth. Okay. So it looked like it was a combination of two different things. Because it had very detailed, like, human elements to it, but then it also had, like, a, a big, a bigger element to it, I guess. Okay. I don't know how else to say it. It, it didn't seem one-sided. Right, yeah. It, it There's definitely two distinct, I guess, halves to the mural. And there's a lot of, if you, if you look closely, there's a lot of sort of the theme of life and death. There's a lot of that in it. Also a lot of black and white, which we've seen a lot of so far in the show. There's a man with a black eye and a white eye. Yep, I remember that. We specifically see the numbers 108 and 42. 108 is the total of all the numbers. Okay. We see an image of an eye followed by the letter M followed by the word sick. That is very faint and yes. marked out. So I am sick. Yes. Like maybe the sickness that Rousseau talked about, right? Right. So those are those are the things I wanted to point out to you. There's way more, but it's honestly, at least all the theories that I had about it are from future seasons. So those are, these are the only things that are, I think, relevant to us right now. Maybe maybe that's something we can revisit throughout the seasons. Talk, talk about this mural. Or when we finish the entire show, we should just have a couple episodes where we unpack like things from the earlier seasons that we need to go back to with all the information that we have but uh yeah right now that's all we got as he continues walking along the key on his necklace is like magnetically attracted yep. towards the wall what do you think about that i think it's real 
I don't think he's seen something. Okay. Uh, it's not. It's not really in the grand scheme of things. If you're on a magical island, or if you're even on an island that had all kinds of weird Soviet technology, like it's not hard to generate enough magnetic energy to pull like some weird steel towards it. Okay. Honestly, I don't think there's a mechanical explanation. Do you think it's a supernatural explanation? Yeah, I don't want to say magic, but uh, paranormal. So it's in the hatch, so this either originates from the hatch, or the hatch was built around it, right? Right, well there's whatever a, there, this there's thing that is. weird door, and there's all these yep. big I-beams in front of it, yep. the I-beams are set in concrete, and the I-beams are rusted, so it looks old. So I would say either that initial stage was built, or yeah, I would say the initial stage was built because it's all rusted. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it looks aged, unless whatever is in it accelerates aging, but I'm not going to venture into that. I would say the initial part was built around it, and they expanded. Okay. So they, they found something very unique, very interesting on mm-hmm. this island, and then they built around it, starting back, you know, in the 40s or 50s. Okay. Maybe even earlier. I don't know if you've heard of the Lake Baikal explorations from the pre-Soviet Union, but they were huge into, like, weird paranormal events. Okay. Uh, so they looked into weird stuff. And th- and this this applies to, like, this thing that's on an island. So, like, they looked into USOs, which is unidentified submersible objects. But they had a, a huge thing where they were kind of observing stuff in the, in the early 40s, early 30s that might have been outside of our understanding. So I don't think it's a, a huge stretch to think if this is tied to the Soviet stuff where we saw with the weapons of the Tokarev and the early uh, Kalashnikov that is tied to that somehow. Okay. So you think maybe this hatch, this was maybe put there to like observe it or study it or whatever? I think it was put there later. Especially yeah. Especially with the fact that it said quarantine on Right, inside. Right. If I had to say quarantine on the inside. So, do you think that with with the talk of the sickness and the the thing that he was injecting himself with and the quarantine and now this weird energy, do you think that whatever this quote unquote sickness is originates from that, whatever that is, and that's why it's you know maybe being contained by this hatch, being quarantined? Yeah, I don't think it's a. I don't think it's like bacteria or something. I think it's a, like an energy or yeah, a, more of an energy an entity. Yeah. Okay. Um, so Jack's walking along, and then all of a sudden that song blasts again, and, and the bright lights yep. come on. Did you hear, as Jack is walking around, can you hear Kate yelling in the background? I heard something. Yeah. So yeah. the music is blaring so that he can't hear her, right? Right. As the audience, you can very faintly hear Kate yelling for Jack. I felt like it was very distinctly set up to do that, like distract. Right. You were supposed to be trying to listen to something. Exactly. To distract yeah. you what was happening on screen. Yeah. So, you know, the audience can hear Kate, Jack cannot. And then all of a sudden, Locke appears. The man is pointing a gun at him from behind the wall. And <laughs> Jack says, is this what you were talking about? Is this your destiny? All roads lead here. And then our friendly Scottish voice says, Lower the gun or I'll blow his damned head off, brother. Brother. And it's fucking Desmond. It's and Desmond. I'm so proud of you for figuring it out. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was something else. I was like, oh! I forgot to mention earlier, so when they met each other in the stadium, Desmond says he's about to go on a race around the world. Yes. Do you think that he's been here 
since then? How long do you think Desmond has been in this hole in the ground? I don't think it has any connection with the outside, though. Okay. In terms of, I don't think he showed up and he's been here for like a year. Okay. I think he might have showed up 40 years ago and then he has been in two separate places. Like he's been living on the island, underground, and also living in the real world separately. Because okay. we already, we've already seen that the concept of time yeah. is different for the people, for the people, I'd say the people. For the person that we know so far, the concept of time for Desmond is totally separated from the drivers, Jack and Locke, because they found they open the hatch at night, middle of the night, and then we see Desmond experiencing the explosion at what seems like, you know, 11 a.m. So either he's on a totally different time, time space kind of thing, or it's artificial, but I'm going to lean towards there's two different Desmonds. Okay. I like this. So, was this in any way what you expected this episode to be? <laughs> like, yes and no. We ended last season with a raft being blown up and the others are coming. And now all of a sudden, we're in the hatch with Desmond. I did not expect to know what was in the hatch. So soon? Correct. I did expect him to try to explore it. Yeah. I did not expect to get this close look into who is in there. But again, I'm skeptical as to if that's really who's in there. What What do you mean by that? You're skeptical about who's really in there. Meaning if that's really what's happening or if they are seeing like some kind of abstraction through time. Okay, okay. Of what is going on in there. Yeah, okay. Obviously, Desmond captured Locke. But I think it's possible that the different parts of whatever this bunker is operate at different frequencies, different times, whatever. But I was not expecting them to see what was actually in there. Right, okay. Do you think that this is in any way related to the others? Or do you think that this is a this island just has a bunch of shit going on? Right? Like, now we've, we've been introduced to the concept of the others, the smoke monster, and now whatever's going on in this hatch. I would say... Connected in any way? Are they all... Is it is it just an island, a multifaceted... Well, it, it would be fucking stupid to say they're not connected in some way at this point. Okay. I don't know if they are the same, but I would say either the others are driving people to the island or the others are keeping people on the island. Uh, they might be, oh, oh, here we go. Okay. So you've seen that movie I was talking about earlier. Yeah, yeah. It could be that they are from the future from a different loop. Okay. And they are the elder versions of the people that are there already. Okay. I like that. I like all this. I like it all. We're going to explore it more. Good. Because I watched this episode and I was like, holy shit, I have missed this so much. Every time Locke looked at Jack, I was like, yeah, let's <laughs> look at him. There's going to be, they, they are only going to become like increasingly hostile to each other. I'm so excited <laughs> because Jack so, is so annoying. Get ready for that. I'm so excited. I did not expect how often I have to fucking defend Jack. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, you got to defend pretty boy. Apparently I have to defend everybody who's not Locke. <laughs> Oh no, I'm a doctor. I had such a hard upbringing. I had to be a medical student. Meanwhile, Locke was a cripple until he got to this island, and now he's magic. <laughs> he's essentially Jesus. I really, I really like that description of Locke. He's essentially Jesus. 
He certainly thinks he is. Right, but like Jesus thought it was Jesus too. <laughs> I mean, not I'm 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 uh I'm not trying to like co-opt anything. I'm just saying right, like right. he definitely takes every positive experience he has and turns it into something good for him. But we haven't seen him get crucified yet, so who knows? It's true. Not yet. Oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> If he literally gets crucified, no, stop. I stop. will send you a hundred dollars. <laughs> if he gets skewered on a cross, uh, and he he gets carried to like the island of Golgotha or no, something, no, 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 that's not gonna happen. We still, so th- there was no mention of the raft in this episode. Well, I mean, there was a mention of it, but we didn't see it at all. There really was not a mention. Spoiler alert! <laughs> as I'm about to ask you, the next episode is called Adrift. So, what do you think the next episode's going to be about? <laughs> I wonder what it's about. <laughs> yeah, I would say it's probably about what's happening on the raft. Yup. So, flashback-wise, this episode was Jack-centric. So, the next episode is called Adrift. So, do you have a guess on if it's going to focus on a specific person, who that would be in terms of the flashbacks? Just a reminder, the folks who were on the raft were Sawyer, Michael, Walt, and Jin. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, but uh, I don't have a good answer for that. I would say Adrift. I don't think they're going to focus on Walt, per se, because he doesn't quite have the backstory, but I would think it's probably going to be Michael or Jin, probably. Michael or Jin. Okay. Well, we'll see. Yeah, I'm excited. I will go and tell you, like, yeah, it's gonna be about the raft. Like, obviously, it's called a drift. I, I don't know. <laughs> I guess it could have been another House of the Rising Sun. I can let you flounder. Sh- Michael showed up like a like from the movie Thirteen Ghosts. You ever see that? No. What? All the ghosts. Uh, it's a movie called Thirteen Ghosts, but they all show up. And oh, you mean died. Walt? Yeah. Okay, you said Michael. I was like, what do you mean Michael showed up? Where sorry, did he show up? <laughs> I, I'm sorry. No, you're I'm good. Good. Um, do we have anything else to say about this episode? That was kind of ridiculous. Uh, it was amazing. 10 out of 10. Watch it. I might watch it again. You should definitely watch it again. You could be like me and watch it nine times. <laughs> oh man, I'm very excited to start on season two and see where it goes. And it's a really good season and we're gonna have a lot of fun. And yeah, audience, reach out. We kind of got sidetracked talking about it, but reach out to me about the scene. If you've seen Westworld... The scene that you think sort of parallels our Desmond scene in the beginning. And if there's any other interesting connections to draw between uh, the character in that scene and Desmond, you can always hit me up on social media and talk about it. And if you've played Fallout and you see the references in there, like maybe Desmond is a synthetic or something like that. That's really cool. That is something that I want to look up because I know nothing about Fallout, but I always like to see references to Lost, so maybe I'll try to find like a... Is it like a cutscene or something? I think it's more of just kind of like a reference, but but there's a, a bunch of, of stuff within the Fallout story that's... Maybe it's not Lost-specific, but it's it's like perception of reality okay. and the the people that live in the space, like the they call it the Institute, but they have their own perception of everything outside of them. Okay. Right? So that's like, we saw the Dharma, we didn't talk about this, but we saw the Dharma symbols on all the walls. Right? It was the octagon with all the yeah. lines and shit. So it's 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 very similar to that in terms of the people inside of it have their own interpretation. They're very stuck to it. Okay. So everything outside of that is forbidden. Okay. Well, yeah. Hit us up about that, too. What was the other thing? Oh, the mural. Hit me up about the mural. <laughs> yes. Message me if you have your own theories about what the mural means or just different elements of the mural. And also, 
hit us up if this is your favorite season premiere of Lost, as I think it is for many people. Even just that opening scene is just like one of the best parts of Lost. It was top tier. Yeah, for sure. You can reach us, um, oh shit, what's our social media? Twitter. Are we just Jungle, Jungle of Mystery? mystery? <laughs> I didn't know most if it was Jungle of the things or Jungle of Mystery. Jungle of Mystery. On Instagram, we, I think, are Jungle of Mystery pod. Let me just pull it up and verify. As y'all know, I post on there so often. Yeah, okay, Jungle of Mystery pod <laughs> on Instagram. Or you can email us at junglemysterypod at gmail.com. And Marshall, where can they listen to us? You can find us, uh, <laughs> well, last time we checked, uh, we on <laughs> Spotify and Stitcher and Google Podcast, Apple Podcasts. We're about to find out if that all still works. Uh, I think that was it. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Okay. It's good to be back. It is good to be back. That was chaos. Um, chaos. There's so much to talk about. Holy shit. Hope, it was a there was one some... part episode, but there was a lot. I know. It was kind of bonkers that that was just one episode. All right, everybody. If we can't live together, we're going to die alone. <laughs> that's great. That pause. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to edit this episode and leave that pause in there so people know how fucking insane I sound on a regular basis. No, you're beautiful. It's like Mothman. Hey, hey, it's like Mothman. <laughs>